When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Thursday morning, the 27th of July, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you. Hope you're all well heading into, well, start of the sporting weekend, really tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our open line number, as always. You can Text 0457 736 736. And that is all before Vossi and James Magnuson for breakfast through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney for our Queensland listeners, Patton Heels after six o'clock. Lots to get through this morning. Rugby league news around uh, the RLPA. The NRL war continues. Uh, news around the Bulldogs as well. Uh, the game tonight we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, plus, Matilda's back in action tonight. We'll talk about that. The cricket. Back underway as well tonight. The fifth and final Ashes Test. We'll talk about that. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about half an hour to preview the fifth and final test. John Gallo, uh, hopefully if he's awake and has got himself back into his house after what you may have heard a couple of days ago when he got himself locked up and locked out, will join me as well in about 15 minutes. So plenty to get through. Want to hear from you on this Thursday morning. 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line on 1300 011170. It is two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Firstly, before we get to the news of the day, I asked it last week, I'll ask it again this week. What are you going to be watching tonight? It is another bumper night of sport. We've been treated to sport over the past few weeks uh, with the NRL, with the Ashes, the AFL, the Women's World Cup. We've had swimming as well going on, more uh, world records last night for Australians. But what will you be watching tonight? You've got the choice of the NRL, the Broncos-Roosters game. You've got the choice of the Matildas up against Nigeria. And at the same time, the fifth and final Ashes test at the Oval begins. So what will you be watching tonight? What takes precedence on your TV? Is it the rugby league? Is it the football? The Women's World Cup? Or is it the cricket? one 1170 or 0457 736 736. What will be... Your main choice of watching tonight, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Let's get to some of the news of the day at three and a half past five. It continues. Uh, the war between the NRL and the RLPA. I'm sure you would have all heard the interview uh, with Vossi and James Magnuson with Clint Newton yesterday morning on the breakfast show. It really blew up the open line here and also the text line. And if you're listening in Queensland, no doubt you've uh, seen and heard at least snippets of it, uh, either here on SEN or um, on social media. But uh, it continues now because it has taken another twist since that interview, what, about 23 or, uh, 23 or so hours ago. Um, now the players have confirmed they will cover the NRL logo 
on their jerseys this weekend. The RLPA delegates, uh, player delegates spent Wednesday afternoon informing their teammates that they were ready to escalate their fight with the NRL as frustrations grew over the slow progress of negotiations. It is understood Brisbane, the Brisbane Broncos and the Sydney Roosters, the two clubs playing tonight, were informed of the latest project pl uh, protest plans late yesterday. The latest ploy by the RLPA comes less than three weeks after they announced a boycott of the media, which has had little impact in their fight with the NRL. Uh, leading male and female players Chad Townsend and Nina Maynard confirmed the players would cover the NRL logo in response to what they claimed was a lack of respect from the governing body. Townsend said, and I see he put uh, some stuff on Twitter last night as well, we are escalating our action as a playing group because the NRL have shown a complete lack of respect by not agreeing to what is very a very reasonable path forward in negotiations. The NRL and NRLW players need our CBAs agreed as soon as possible, but we won't be dictated to by the commission or NRL. And Maynard added, it's women in league round, but NRLW players still don't have a CBA. What does that say about the respect the NRL has for women playing rugby league? That's why all players will be covering the badge. We want protection and respect. Uh, now, it is understood the NRL is wary about responding to the latest measures because they believe that it is exactly what the RLPA want, a reaction that would inflame a situation that is already out of control. We know the NRL and RLPA have been at loggerheads since late last year, uh, but it has obviously escalated over the recent days. We know uh, the RLPA held talks with the ACTU as well. Um, they want uh, an independent mediator to come in. Uh, former Nine boss Hugh Marks and respective media executive Brett Clegg were brought in at different times to mediate talks between the parties, but both walked away frustrated and disappointed with the process. 0457 7367 3601 300 01 1170. Your thoughts on all of this? Um, and still happy to hear um, if you're just catching up um, on the interview with Clinton Newton maybe last night. Happy to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, now, again, I'll go back to what I've been saying all along. Everyone just wants to get this sorted. I have no doubt about that. The fans, I feel the vast majority, whatever side you're on, and there are people on the NRL side, there's are people on the player side, but we just need to sort of start, get this sorted, don't we? And I had a read this morning of the RLPA website, as I mentioned yesterday, and they had a lot, of, I couldn't go through all of it, didn't have the time, but they had a lot of uh, Q&A answers on there for the public to understand or try and understand what they want. Um, so if you want to go on there, you can and have a read of it. But covering the NRL logo, a bit just like the media boycott of three or four weeks ago, is going to have little to no impact. Well, this is going to have absolutely no impact on the fans. I suppose my only concern is that whilst this keeps escalating and they keep taking these steps, you have to think at some point the steps lead to the one thing that I think will start to, well, definitely will impact fans and fans will care about, and that would be a player strike. Now, Clinton Newton was, Clinton Newton was asked about that. Um, by Vossi yesterday morning. And he said, look, the players discuss all sorts of things. Um, so he didn't say a strike action was going to happen. He didn't completely rule it out. Um, one 1170 or 0457-736-736. What do you reckon?
NRL logo covered from tonight, Broncos-Roosters games. Uh, we know the Dallian medal is under quite a big cloud. The media boycott continues as well uh, for some of the weekend on game days. Where does this end? What would you do? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 And have you changed sides? Were you on the player side? Now you're on the NRL side or vice versa? Or you just a bit overhearing about it. Happy to hear from you this morning on the open line, on the text line, one 1170 or 0457 736 736. And I suppose the other question is, do you think that the players covering the NRL logo this weekend, maybe next weekend and the weekend after that, how much difference is it going to make in their fight against the NRL? Is it going to make a huge difference? Is this the thing that makes the NRL come to the table? And we get it sorted. I have my doubts, but what do you say? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six at nine past five. Uh, now the Bulldogs, a lot of news around them over recent days. We mentioned uh, Takiyaho yesterday. Uh, there's been news around Blake Taft. Well, there's another bit of news around the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs revival is gathering momentum. Uh, with Roosters X-Factor Connor Watson, the latest potential recruit. That on the back, as I mentioned, of Blake Taff, also Panthers Utility Jam and Salmon. Uh, Watson is at the pointy end of discussions with Bulldogs general manager Phil Gould. Watson, who hasn't played a game since last year's finals after suffering a serious leg injury, only needs to pass a medical assessment by the Bulldogs to receive a formal offer. Watson is close to returning to play after suffering a shock injury, as we know, earlier on in the year. Uh, the Bulldogs view Watson as a genuine footballer who can break a game open while also playing a number of positions in the game. Watson is also weighing up interest from two UK Super League clubs and he, and he may opt to take up the opportunity to take his game overseas with a view to travelling the world. While the club is yet to finalise the signings, Canterbury is preparing to announce uh, Blake Taff and Jamin Salmon on two-year deals around $250,000 each. Um, it is an interesting one with uh, the situation, uh, and they've also signed Liam Knight uh, with Blake, uh, with Connor Watson. Because you have to think, well, if they're going to sign Blake Taft, if they're going to sign Jamin Hammond, if they're going to sign Connor Watson, look, all very, very good players, no doubt about it. It's a shame that Connor Watson picked up that injury and has been injury prone throughout his career. But they're also... Utility. Now, Blake Taft can play fullback, and we've seen that. And Connor Watson can start as well. But they are looked as, for the most part, as utility players. So if the Bulldogs all of a sudden are going to sign Blake Taft, Connor Watson, and Jamin Salmon, where are they planning to play them all? Plus, they've got Stephen Crichton coming to the club as well, to what we were told play fullback from the Penrith Panthers. Look, no doubt they're good players, and I'm sure they'll add something to the Bulldogs' team. But... Where do you play them if you're going to sign three utilities? Bulldogs fans, 0457 736 736. Look, and if you could pick one of them, Blake Taft, Jamin, Sam and Connor Watson, who would you go with? Uh, it's hard to get past Blake Taft's performance a few weeks ago um, in that game. I think it was against the Bulldogs, actually, at fullback. He was sensational. It's an interesting one for the Bulldogs. 
1300 or 0457 Now, on the game tonight, firstly, uh, Brisbane Broncos coach Kevin Walters' NRL game tonight has hit back at Phil Gould after the Bulldogs football boss controversially claimed that the Broncos can't win this year's premiership. Uh, now, the Broncos could take a step closer to winning their first minor premiership in 23 years by disposing of a Roosters side fighting to save their season tonight at the Gabba. Uh, the Broncos have won 14 games, only lost five, and a second on the ladder, and equal on points with the Penrith Panthers. But uh, Gould has delivered a brutal assessment of the Broncos. He said, I don't think the Broncos can win the comp this year. I just don't see enough in their defence to win it. They're a good side. Their performances show that, but they're not going to beat Penrith at finals time. Uh, Kevin Walters responded and said, we are worried about ourselves, and Phil should be doing the same with the Bulldogs. We know have some, we have some work to do defensively. We are aware of that. We are working hard on that. But we have come a long way with our defence compared to last year. Still, there is a bit to go, and that will be showcased against the Roosters. Asked if he believes the Broncos are the real deal this season, Walters is adamant Brisbane can break their 17-year title drought. He said, there's a lot of belief within our group, both the players and coaching staff and everyone involved in the club. We haven't played our best football yet. That's in front of us. Kevin Walters uh, obviously believes his team can win the competition. You expected to say that. Do you think the Broncos can win the competition? Or do you agree with Phil Gould that they can't? Look, I think they can. Um, they're playing good football. Uh, look, I still think Penrith are favourites. But I think Brisbane are second favourites at the moment, honestly. And I think, look, we know what happened last year with the Broncos, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, they've had a very good post-origin period and another tricky game tonight against the Roosters, which they're favourite to win. And you would expect on form them to win. But even if they were to lose tonight, which would be a bit of a surprise, uh, I'm still not ruling them out from winning the competition. Can the Broncos win the competition? Or do you agree with Phil Gould that they won't be able to contend with Penrith in finals time? 0457 736 736. Or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and Trent Robinson has uh, said that they're going to go after the Broncos um, and leave no down in and leave no one in any doubt where the Roosters stand. He said yesterday, it's time for us to have belief in where we are headed and what we are doing, and put the foot down tomorrow night, as in tonight. The understanding of what we are capable of is right there. It's about us to go out there and produce. We're excited by tonight. We're looking forward to going after uh, the opposition we're playing our style rooster style but also taking on what's in front of us uh your tip for tonight broncos roosters who wins what the score line do you give the roosters a chance on the back of their performance against the titans look i think it's going to be a close game still tipping brisbane uh, i think the broncos do win tonight but you never know um with the Roosters, and if they can play like they did, in particularly in that first half against the Titans, you do give them a shot, but much harder opposition tonight. Who wins? What's the scoreline tonight? one 1170 What will you be watching tonight? Will it be the Broncos-Roosters match? Will it be the football? The Matildas game against Nigeria? Will it be the cricket getting underway tonight? We'll talk about that as well. And this player strike. Uh, well, not player strike, but uh, potential player strike. There's lots of texts on it. Uh, the covering of the NRL logo now. Media boycott, potentially no Dally M's this year. one 736 What side are you on? And do you think this is the thing that will make the NRL and the RLPA come to the table? Covering the NRL logo. 
Do you think this is the thing that solves all these issues? I'm not so sure, but what say you? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Your text and John Gallo to talk about the Women's World Cup on the other side of this. It's 16 past five. 20 past five, John Gallo to talk at the Women's World Cup in just a second. Just a couple of texts, uh, mainly dominated by the NRL versus RLPA, but there are other things on the agenda this morning. Uh, this one from Rooster Henry. Uh, he says, good to hear from you, Rooster Henry. He says, morning, Dan. The more I hear about and from Clint Newton, especially interviews with Vossi uh, yesterday and Maddie White a few weeks ago, I've lost a lot of interest in what he's trying to do. It almost sounds like he's driving his own agendas in the background, but I could be wrong. Would love to hear a survey from the players. Are they all on board with all of this? Do they all understand what he is fighting for? Well, Vossi asked him about this yesterday. Um, and I'm sure not all. And I'll try and get that piece of audio if we've got time a bit later on. I'm sure not all the players know what's going on. They can't. Um, it's a real tricky one. And, I, and look, as I said, Rooster Henry, I went on. Uh, the RLPA website this morning and read the answers and the facts and all of that. And look, I have no issue if you're on the player's side. I just think it would be fantastic if this could all be sorted. Uh, the next thing is now they're covering up the NRL logo. He also says, tonight I back the Roosters and will be mainly watching the NRL tonight and some channel surfing. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Rooster Henry. And this one uh, from the Daggy Dragon, I think it is. Uh, the public needs to know what the sticking point is for the whole list, NRL stuff, because if it's not m about money, it's something that nobody else wants to talk about, not the players, not the NRL themselves. Tell us, let us be the judge. Uh, that from the Daggy Dragon. Well, as I say, there is information on the RLPA website. Now, I read it. I, I, I mean, I read it very early on this morning. Still don't know if it makes a lot of it much clearer. Um, and I think this is... One of the problems is that in all the interviews Clint Newton has been doing and uh, the other members of the RLPA, no one is really any the wiser really on what they want. Maybe there's a handful of people that are, but for the general public, they're still not understanding it. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And just quickly, this text as well. Uh, from uh, John from Clear Mountain. He says, good morning, Dan. I'm no Roosters fan by any means, but I think the Roosters have too many big game players to fail. I think the Byron Bay uh, trip has done James Desco the world of good, and I think they will be the only team to upset the top dogs in the final series. Unfortunately, I think they will start with the Broncos tonight. Interesting. Regards, John from Clear Mountain. We'll wait and see what happens. What are you going to be watching tonight? The NRL, the football, the cricket, uh, the RLPA versus NRL, where do you stand? Do you think them covering the logo uh, from this uh, from tonight onwards is going to make any difference whatsoever? And your predictions for the NRL tonight, Roosters, Broncos, who's going to win? What's going to be the scoreline? 23 and a half past five. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. Now. The last time we heard from this man, he was locked out of his house. I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers, he got back into his house and has now left the house again to do this report. John Gallo, how are you faring? Are you better than you were 48 hours ago? Yes, morning, Dan. Yeah, I am much better. Thank you very much. I'm much better. I'm in locked in my own car now, <laughs> safely with my own keys in my hand and uh, not looking to interrupt anybody or bother anyone, so... Uh, yes, I, uh, I shut myself in the car, locked myself in, 
to the amusement of a few uh, people walking past as we speak. So, look, yeah, it's been uh, yeah, fantastic 48 hours, Dan, now that I'm alive and well. So you'll be glad to hear. And you can now uh, get out. You haven't locked yourself in and not able to get out, have you? No, 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 no. That hasn't happened, Dan. I brought my keys with me, mate. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've done that. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been really wise this morning. So you'll be, uh, be very pleased about that. And uh, looking forward to discussing all the Matildas and, and all the injuries that come with them and mm. uh, everything else. And uh, well, I've brought along, to the great delight of Clint Newton, I've brought around my union representative <laughs> as well, who's sitting alongside me, but he can't speak. So uh, it's been, I try to talk to people, but they keep walking away from the table there. Don't mm. walk away from the table. You now can come back to the table because my union man is here. So, uh, yeah, are you, it's all, um, are you, all working wonders, isn't it? Are you bringing your union man along for drinks tomorrow night? I hope so. Okay. Yes, I hope so. It depends. I've got to, I've got to speak whether that's part of the rules and regulations or part of the. Yeah, I've got to make sure uh, that everyone is aware of that before uh, I can venture out there. You know, I've got an idea who your union representative could be. Anyway, we'll get to uh, that potentially off air. <laughs> now, uh, let us talk about just before we get to the Matildas, just the games yesterday: Japan two, Costa Rica nil, Spain five, Zambia nil. No real shock in those results. Canada two over the Republic of Ireland one. Now, I'm sure you wouldn't have seen this. It was on quite late after 10 p.m. But big result in terms of the Matildas group. So your thoughts on that? And also, when we spoke on Tuesday, and I know we didn't talk much football on Tuesday, but how amazing was it to see 25,000 people at the Sydney Football Stadium on a Tuesday afternoon for Colombia and South Korea? It just goes to show uh, the interest and uh, the excitement around this Women's World Cup. Yeah, it's been amazing. The, the crowd attendances have been fantastic, particularly in, in New Zealand as well. Um, also here in Australia, it's, it's, it's just been really, really good to see. And, and the football uh, has been brilliant as well. There's been a lot of close uh, results in games along the way. There's been a few upsets as well, which we'd love to see in a World Cup tournament. So, And, and there's been a few favourites as well, a few teams that are really poking their head up above the pack at the moment. So... Uh, it's all got it happening at the moment. I think it's been great. The refereeing has been fantastic. It's been amazing that we haven't been talking about any controversial refereeing decisions along the way. There probably have been a few here and there, but nothing that's taken the, the spotlight away from the actual game itself, which has been great to hear. And uh, as you said, the crowd attendances have been absolutely fantastic on top of everything else. So really, there's been nothing wrong about the World Cup. It's just been one of the best World Cups I think women have had in a long, long time. Uh, and I think the amount of, you know, viewership and, and crowd attendances and excitement, atmosphere, all that, I think Australia and New Zealand can be very, very proud as host countries about what they're doing right now because it's uh, so far so good. Uh, yes. Now, today, uh, there's a few games today, but look, let's look at the Matildas game. That is uh, one of most interest. Uh, more news yesterday, of course, Sam Kerr still not playing. Then another couple of players, in particular Mary Fowler out, uh, Abby Lewick as well uh, with the concussion. That's some big losses on top of losing Sam Kerr as well for this game against Nigeria. Yeah, well, uh, apparently Mary Fowler and, uh, and Avery Livick, who's a very uh, you know, renowned defender for the Matildas over many years, both have uh, been ruled out due to concussion mm. protocols and apparently happened in separate incidences. It didn't happen in the same incident, but a clash of heads of some sort has happened and it's resulted in both those players being ruled out for the Nigeria game tonight. But, yeah, it is a shame. It's going to you know, create some coaching headaches, that's for sure. Obviously, we know Sam Kerr still ruled out from a calf injury as well. So, yeah, up front, we're going to be really lean in terms of who we can who we can pick. Caitlin Ford is probably where a lot of our hopes are going to lie tonight. 
it'll be very interesting to see how, from a formation perspective, the Matildas come out, where they want to be as try and dominate the game early on or whether they try and sit back because this Nigeria side is, you know, very, very quick on the, on the counter-attack and be very dangerous as well. Um, so the uh, the Australian team will have to be very, very careful about how they defend in transition from uh, losing the ball and then going back in defence. So it'll be interesting to see how they set up the, uh, the Matildas, but I think it's going to create a few headaches and a few issues not having some of the more experienced players like Sam Kerr and Mary Fowler available for selection. So that is a bit of an issue, but we'll wait and see to who uh, who goes up front <coughs> alongside Caitlin Ford for tonight's game. And it's a pretty important game as well because Australia then play Canada on Monday in Melbourne at Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. Uh, and Canada leading the group at the moment. Obviously, they've played two matches. Australia can go ahead of them. Uh, if Australia win, they guarantee their spot in the knockout stages. A draw is not the worst result either. How do you see them faring? Do you think they'll have enough, even without those plans, to beat Nigeria tonight? Well, I think they, that they do. I think Caitlin Ford is, is a player who's been fantastic in the, in the Premier League for, for Arsenal this season. So and I think a lot on Caitlin Ford. Um, it's going to be a difficult one, but I think we've also got some really good midfielders as well. Caitlin Gorry in that midfield was fantastic. I thought she was man of the match. Last uh, last game and uh, or woman of the match, if you want to put it that way. There we go, Dan. Tick box there. And uh, yeah, so I think you know, I think there's a lot of decent players in and around. You know, obviously the likes of Sam Kerr and all that. It's not just a, a one man or two man team. We've got a lot of other good players in this Matilda squad who can all step up and and deliver. So look, it, it is going to involve a team effort. There's no doubt. I think more so than ever now with a couple of these injuries, but. I'm sure the Matildas can play, you know, play well as a team. They've done that against Ireland in the first game. I'm sure they can do it again in the second game against uh, against you know a really good Nigeria side. And Canada, you know, well done to Canada. You know, last night getting over Ireland 2-1. I think Canada have really proven their worth. They went down one 0 at half time, won all sorry, and then came back to, to get the winner in the second half. So well done to Canada. Unfortunately for Ireland, mm. it's uh, it's goodbye. They've now lost two on the trot. And uh, that's their World Cup dreams over for now. So difficult one for the Irish, and but uh, very promising for the Canadians who now go through to the uh, the second part of the uh, the World Cup. Disappointing for Ireland. Uh, they would have come in with high hopes, uh, but unfortunately done and dusted. Yeah, looking for look as I've said, I've watched quite a few games. I watched the Japan game yesterday. I watched a bit of the Spain game. The uh, Italy Argentina game the other day was very good. New Zealand Philippines game was very good. So yeah, really, really good quality stand and I'm really enjoying the World Cup. Just quickly the other two games. This one at 11am uh, this morning should be a good one. The United States up against the Netherlands. Yeah, well, that's, that's going to be a really close game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing who pitches in this one. Obviously, the US and, and the Netherlands are probably both the favourites in their respective groups, uh, but Portugal is not far behind, so Portugal yet to play Vietnam in their second game. So you'd imagine Portugal, with respect to Vietnam, uh, Portugal will probably get three points there. So it's a vital game for both sides. I think you've got to back the US on their record and, and how well they've been in the Women's World Cup in the past. They're a big side, they're a big heavyweight. I think the US will get over with all three points. And Portugal, you said Portugal against Vietnam? Yeah, I think Portugal will win that one. I think comfortably 2-3-0. All right. Good stuff, John. We will chat again tomorrow. And tomorrow is a very good day for us because we finally get to catch up after over two months. So very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to the Matildas tonight. Let's hope in 24 hours when we're talking again, they've got the win and they are through to the knockout stages. But we'll wait and see. Have a wonderful day, John. We'll chat tomorrow.
All right, mate. Talk to you soon. Have a lovely day. You too. Uh, get back out of the car very safely. John Gallo talking all things. Okay. Yes, I know, I, I'm sure you will. Thank you, John. Uh, John Gallo Bye-bye. talking all things football. We'll chat with him today, uh, tomorrow. Again, don't forget SEN, by the way, uh, full coverage of every uh, Women's World Cup game across the SEN network, the SEN app, DAB Plus, your home of sport, SEN. We will turn our attention to the cricket. Keep the text coming in as well after the break. one 300 open line number 0457-736-736. Break and back with more. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. 23 to 6, uh, Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast in just a second. Just a bit of news from the World Swimming Championships. Another great night for Australia. Molly O'Keefe. Callahan, well done to her. Uh, not just one, uh, the race, also a new uh, world record holder as well, managing uh, the to win the 200 metres freestyle gold medal and broke the world record. Her time of 152.85 erased the previous mark of 152.98. So well done to Molly O'Callaghan. And of course, yesterday uh, was a year until the Olympics in Paris and the swim team looking very, very good at the moment. So... Uh, as the world championships continue over in Japan, another world record, another uh, gold uh, to Molly O'Callaghan, another world champion for Australia in those Olympics. How fast did they come around? I know the last ones were only in 2021, but now only a year away until the next one's Paris 2024. Uh, Paul Dennett in just a second uh, on the RLPA versus NRL strike. Uh, well, potential strike. Do we reckon that covering the NRL logo from tonight's game, Brisbane and the Roosters makes any difference? Is that the thing that makes the two parties come to the table? Uh, Carmelo says, if the players do abandon the season, do the, t- do the Tigers avoid the wooden spoon? Uh, well, if the season was abandoned, then yes. I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen for you, Camelo, but you can think optimistically. Could happen. Um, and this one uh, from Yeovil Truman. Hi, Dan. Thank you for the test, Camelo. Uh, hi, Dan. My TV priority tonight will likely be the Ashes, the Matildas, then the NRL, but may switch over to the swimming for selected events. All this will be led in by the next ladies' golf major, the Evian, broadcasting from 7 p.m. tonight. Thank you, Yeovil Truman. Yeah, big night in sport. NRL, Matildas, and cricket. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. Let's have a chat with Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast, who is on the line now. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dan. I'm ready to go. Rested, excited, and um, five days of uh, going to bed at four in the morning, five days of staring at a multitude of weather apps and... um, I thought after that I'd have a couple of months off and I've forgotten there's actually um, a little matter of an eight-game one-day tour of South Africa in the month mm. after this where the time zone's going to be even worse. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Lucky you. I'm sure you're very excited to buy it. How are you feeling, though? Of course, it was It was such a highly anticipated Ashes series and now it's coming to an end. How are you feeling about it all? Are you a little disappointed it's about to be over or are you looking forward to it? I know you mentioned the South Africa tour, but you're looking forward to getting <laughs> a, a bit more sleep, at least in the short term. I'm looking forward to the sleep, but, uh, you know, the way I am, I'd be quite happy if they had a, a, an Ashes Test match every week and maybe a week off for Christmas, and um, that, that, that would do me. So <laughs> I, I'm sort of – I can't believe that we're back at the Oval where the, the World Test Championship final began the Australian Tour mm. of England. It seems like it was five, five minutes ago. So, yeah, it is a bit sad that it's coming to an end, especially given it was such a great series. But now there's just been this slight bittersweet feeling that, it, oh, what might have been. Reading the English press, they said that, 
this could have been not only the biggest test match for a long time, but the mm. biggest test match ever um, yeah. in England. So it's a little bit sad. It is interesting. I spent a couple of years living in the UK. I was over there on a holiday last year. I have many good friends in the UK. And um, I got a message from one of them who uh, actually used to work uh, with uh, in radio over there. He's a big sports fan. And he said, look, this is what we get for putting a test in Manchester, I suppose. But he did say it was a bit, from an England point of view, a bit anticlimactic. Um, and... He, and he wasn't complaining about the result. He, he says it's all fair and square. But, yeah, I, I do still go back to that point. And was, you know, it, it would have been good for, I think, the game more than anything if we could have got a decider, but not meant to be. But, look, there's still a lot on the line because Australia want to actually win the Ashes series and uh, England uh, get it back to two all. It's an intriguing test match, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, I mean, we're, I'm really happy Australia won the Ashes. And mm. uh, I think there's... It's a it's a great victory. They're never easy overseas. But yeah, I, you know, I read the article the other day where it said that it's still going to be a massive test match, but it's kind of going to be the, the the traditional cricket fans who are going to be watching it. It'll be a sellout. It'll be huge, but it won't quite have that cut over to the to the general population. Um, uh, you know, there, there's the other possibility. Um, I, I don't think this is going to happen because of the, the way the sides play the game. But I was just checking the aforementioned weather app now, and the final mm. day looks like it's a bit dodgy. Day one looks like a bit dodgy. I'll tell you what. If we won, you know, everyone's saying, well, you know, we, you haven't yet won the series. Mm. If we won the series 2-1 as a result of another draw, that would actually be pretty funny. <laughs> yes, I think it'd be very, very funny, actually. Uh, the weather, hopefully, I mean, I know you said it's, it's a bit dodgy, not like a Manchester type of dodgy, is it? It's a traditional England type of dodgy mm. where weather forecasters just kind of have to um, account for everything except for maybe snow. Um, it looks... It's changing all the time, um, but it looks at the moment like... I, I think that you'd say at the moment you'd get at least four full days in, and the way these sides play, that should be enough. Yeah, all right. Now, selections uh, from both sides, and I'll get to Dave Warner, Steve Smith in just a second, um, and some talk around their future. Um, how do you see both teams lining up in this game? And, look, I know it's the final game of this series, but it's still, I reckon, some implications for future series, especially from an Australian point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Oval's always a place of farewells, and I think that's what we're going to see. England have gone in with an unchanged 11, which I find a little bit um, strange because I don't think Jimmy Anderson is in my first choice 11 at the moment. I mean, he's such a great bowler. He may well prove me wrong, and the pitches haven't really suited him to date. But I think that I would have gone with, with Josh Tung, who looked particularly impressive. But they are pretty loyal, and they've, mm. they've stuck with him. So almost certainly it'll be the final time that Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson um, play in a test match together, which is quite something, given that they've got about... Um, oh, how many wickets they've got between them, about 1,300 or something incredible. Um, and for the Aussies, you, you look at uh, Steve Smith, he's 34. Will he be in England ever again? Hopefully. Alan Border made it till he was 38. I hope Steve Smith does, but I don't think that's the likely outcome. And then, obviously, Warner, there's Kawaja, and then there's the entire bowling attack. I mean, even Cummins now, who is just always perpetually young. I can't believe he's turned 30, yeah. um, and he's the youngest of, of the bowling lineup. So, um, you know, if Jimmy Anderson's an example, Cummins could be here not only in four years, but eight years' time. But mm. I think he's the exception. And once you hit 30 as a fast bowler, you know, things do start to get more difficult. So, um, And the next even the next series in Australia is still just uh, is over two years away. Ben Stokes, will he be there for that? He's not going to bowl in this test. He's thinking he might actually have to bite the bullet and have surgery on his knee. Um, I think that's one of the things that's going to be so tantalising. Basball in Australia in two years' time, if Stokes and McCullum are still together, could be a blockbuster series because England have been abject, terrible in Australia for the last 12 years. 
the Barmy Army couldn't travel out here last time because of COVID, so they'll have had eight years away. Mm. It could shape as an absolutely wonderful series, but we need Stokes there for it. Yeah, hopefully he is there. David Warner, you know, you just mentioned him there. Let's just have a bit of a listen. He was in a uh, Brett media conference about 24 hours ago. This is just a bit of what he had to say. No, I haven't heard anything, actually. I haven't seen anything. Been on the golf golf course. Um, no, I don't have an announcement. Um, for me, it's about, you know, trying to work hard in the nets as I did today, um, potentially come out tomorrow and, and yeah, um, if selected, go out there and play and try and win a national series. Johnny Farnham had one last tour and kept going, so <laughs> who knows? Might have to keep you guessing. Uh, now, uh, he did go on and uh, clear things up a bit after that, <laughs> but a question for you, Paul, and this was put to me yesterday. What if Dave Warner goes on in this match and scores 100? That's a big if because he hasn't been performing terrifically well. Would he be tempted to say that's it and not play some of the Australian summer? Well, that's the the rumour that Michael Vaughan had kind of broken on the air and said that not only Warner but Steve Smith mm. were that, that he, he he said he couldn't vouch for it. He was just passing on the the whispers that he'd heard that both of them potentially could call it stumps after this final Test match. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> Warner talking about John Farnham having to come back now potentially floating the idea of playing beyond the Sydney Test match. As you said, he then quashed it and said, no, he wouldn't be. I don't think that either of them would be tempted to retire, although you'd never say never. Um, as far as Steve Smith's concerned, and I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, but the government should step in if he tries to retire mm. and say, mate, you know, you're potentially the second best in the Bradman. What, what do we need to do to keep you playing for at least another four or five years? Because, hey, I, you know... I, Whenever I see Steve Smith bad, it's like watching greatness, and I don't want that to come to to any time of um, any kind of end anytime soon. Yeah, no, it would be very disappointing if it did. All right, who's going to win? Will it be Australia, England? Will it be another draw? How do you see this fifth and final test playing out? Uh, I think a result's very likely, and I think it's almost a toss of the coin. You'd look at that final, um, the last test match, and those couple of days where uh, England just pummeled the Australian bowling going along at almost six and over and Australia looked absolutely clueless and say, geez, um, if you draw a line through that form, um, you'd sort of say that Australia could be in trouble coming into this final test match. I, I think Australia will be better. I think that um, it, it, I would love to have seen um, Michael Nisa get a game. I don't think that they're going to do that. I think it's a pity that he's not going to have ever played a, a test match in England um, uh, in these last two tours when his bowling is perfectly suited to English conditions and he can bat really well as well. I think they'll probably bring in the spinner, Todd Murphy, in place of Cameron Green. And I think that Cummins um, and, the, and the think tank will have learnt from maybe their poor tactics in that fourth test. Having said all that, England will still come at them just as hard. If, you know, if they had nothing to lose before, they've got absolutely nothing to lose now. It's an uncomfortable feeling when an opposition is just belting the ball everywhere. So um, my feeling is if they played it a thousand times, um, England is more likely to win slightly than Australia. Uh, but... You know, in a one-off match, Johnny Besto drops a couple of catches or uh, Travis Head belts 100 and, and, and things can happen. But I, my narrow feeling is England are, are slight, slight favourites. Paul, great stuff. We'll chat again early next week once the fifth and final test is wrapped up. We'll see uh, what happens. Uh, enjoy the late nights or the overnights and we'll chat next week. Can't wait, Dan.
Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Don't forget, as well as the football, you will hear all the Ashes coverage as well uh, tonight um, over the next five nights here on SEN. Plenty of texts there. I'll get to them after the break. 0457 736 736. Open line number is 1300 01 1170. It is 12 to 6. Stack of texts to finish off the show, so let's go through them. This is from Daz. Uh, he says, Clint Newton is not the one who will decide whether to strike or not, which is what he said to Vossi. Yes, that is true. He also said he is not a dictator. Yes, that is also true. I can tell you from union experience the way the system works. If it goes to where a strike is a real option, there will be a ballot from either the player representatives and slash all the players themselves, and it will be decided upon dramatic, uh, democratically. You will never get 100% of 700 members to agree in full, so majority will decide. That's how a union works. Thank you for that information. Uh, Dazit, you are right. That is exactly what Clint Newton did say uh, to Volsey and James Magnus yesterday morning. Let's hope, um, and I'm sure Daz agrees uh, with this, let's hope it doesn't get to that stage, but we will wait and see. Thank you for the text, Daz. Really appreciate it. Keep listing. Uh, this one uh, about the game tonight, no name on it, but number ending in 837. Roosters 1-12. to 12. The Gabba factor is why they'll win. Yeah, the game not being played at Suncorp. The football, the Matildas game being played at Suncorp tonight. Interesting one. Uh Obviously, well, the Roosters have played on a cricket ground for uh, quite some time uh, the past few years. I, I, look, I, I don't know. Uh, and obviously, not being at Suncorp does hurt Brisbane. But they still managed to get the win over the Dolphins when they played there a few weeks ago. Albeit, that was a pretty close game. Great performances by Selwyn Cobbo. By the way, just before I forget, Chris Perkins, who's usually with me on a Thursday, will join me tomorrow instead. Uh, he has sent through his tip, though. We'll get the rest of his tips tomorrow. He is tipping the Broncos tonight. So if you've been following his tips and he's been doing all right, it is the Broncos. This uh, from Brett. Morning, Dan. I've got a joke for you. Uh, what do you call a, a line of Dragons players lining up to watch Barbie? The answer is a barbecue. Very good, Brett. Very good. Maybe you could replace uh, Jay on the joke of the day, maybe just for a week or something. Thank you, Brett. Uh, this one from Robin Blacktown. Hi, Dan. Unfortunately, England will win this in terms of the test match. Uh, it's called a dead rubber syndrome. Just ask the Blues and Queensland players from a few weeks ago that from Rob in Blacktown. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be close. Um, but England were on top in the fourth test before it ended up in a draw. So a lot for Australia to do. Thank you for that text. Uh, this one from the Chookman. Hi, Dan. Uh, Clint Newton with his stage uh, photographs is looking and sounding more and more like a politician's a politician. He talks a lot but says nothing. Uh, and he does ask a question. I'll look into that for you, Chookman, uh, and I'll get hopefully an answer uh, for you tomorrow on that one. He says, what a laugh, Chookman. Thank you. Uh, Yeovil Treeman says, hi, Dan. Broncos 25, Roosters 14 tonight at the Gabba. And the final text of the morning it goes to Andy. If the top eight is locked in, don't be surprised by a player, uh, for a stri player strike by a player strike in round 27. That from Andy. All right. Well, lots to unfold uh, with his NRL RLPA stuff. In better news, a lot of sport tonight. The NRL, the football, the cricket, all are happening all across the SEN network as well, which we're looking forward to. Breakfast coming up with Patton Heels in Queensland. Vossi and James Magnus in Sydney tomorrow will preview the rest of round 22 of the NRL. Talk football with John Gallo and cross the USA with Chris Perkins. Enjoy your Thursday news. Our breakfast is after the news.